a delivery postman at Tooting, as John said, and I remember meeting him once uh, somewhere around near Figs Marsh. I don't know if you recall that, John. Bumped into you and had a chat with you when I saw you once. Thought I'd get some words of wisdom from you. Um, and continue to uh, move forward through the union. One of the things that I always remember, and I'm going to come back to during uh, the course of this contribution, is that I was a local union rep for 13 years before I did any other job in the union. And I personally feel that gave me such a, a grounding uh, and a willingness to want to do things at a local level where you didn't kind of wait for others to do it for you. And I think it's one of the themes I'm going to come back to, that I think somehow in our movement we have to give confidence again uh, for people to organise and do things locally, not necessarily wait for either politicians or trade union leaders like myself to organise uh, things nationally. Um, so I start from the point that I do think it's entirely possible to reassert trade union values in society, to reassert trade union power in the world of work. Um, but I also recognise that I think we face some very, very significant challenges. And what I say, and I've said to representatives and members of our own union, is that I really do believe this is the moment um, to fundamentally look at redesigning our movement. And to start from that point, really, it's worth just rehashing some of the challenges and then trying to put them in a context of overall challenges and how do we tackle some of those. Um, uh, so what do I see? I see year-on-year -year membership decline in the trade union movement as a whole. Uh, that's certainly mirrored in our own union, which is a trade union, which I think we're about the fifth biggest uh, trade union. Uh, although we seem to get a table at the big four. Uh, I'm not sure how we manage that, but we do. Um, but I, I can see that future in our union is going to be very difficult to change um, because our two leading employers in the Communication Workers Union is the postal industry, which is going through massive change because the world of communications is changing, privatisation, competition, liberalisation. Lots of jobs in the postal industry, incidentally, that still exist, but exist in many other employers um, who are in some of these models of work, you know, where you just get paid for delivering a parcel or a packet per the item. You don't have a proper contract of employment. Uh, similarly, with a telecom industry, a um, lot of diversity, a lot of companies, a lot of competition. So, you know, I know that for the CWU to survive, we have got to get out there and start to organise other sectors. Of course we've got to look after our members in our existing uh, sectors as well. I think if I look at the, the, the nature and the changes in the world of work and the pace of change in the world of work, I can only see that continuing to increase. And I don't think we've yet begun to grasp the significance of the impact of digitalisation. I've seen some of it in our own industry, um, but I was talking to uh, Tony Burke, Siobhan in, in Unite, and we was having a conversation about we have got to start thinking about what the world of work is going to look like in about 10 years' time. How many jobs are there going to be and how are trade unions uh, going to organise that type of workforce and what are our demands? Um, so the world of work is changing massively. The thing that worries me... Um, which I think the union movement, including ourselves, 
have to take some of the blame for is this massive growth of insecure employment models in this country, across the world, um, but let's focus on in the UK. And I always say when I'm doing rallies, I talk about this thing where, do you remember the 1970s and 1980s? And looking around the room, a lot of us do. Um, and, you know, I, I remember people used to say to us, to the vision for workers is that there's a lot of new technology coming in. And what's going to happen? And this was academics used to say this, politicians used to say this, big industrialists, even um, you know owners of big businesses used to talk this language. They used to say like, there's a lot of innovation coming in, a lot of technology, and workers are going to share in the innovation of new technology. And we're going to share in it by having less working time, more leisure time, and more money to spend. Well, what the hell happened? Um, the only innovation that workers have seen in this country is an explosion of insecure employment models. So I think that world of work stuff is massive. And then if you play into that, at the very time that we're under this attack, and there's greater inequality in the country through failed political systems, we will go into all of that, but we all know that, um, we get the Trade Union Act. You know, it's not as if the trade union movement um, it, it has been like completely out of order in recent years. At the very moment when workers need trade unions the most, we have a government that comes in and says, do you know what, we've got to cut back on trade union power even more. So they're the challenges, and they add up to me as a package that says, time to redesign our movement, time to think about what's the best model of trade unionism uh, for the future. Um, so I want to kind of talk about some of the thoughts I've been having. Um, they're obviously driven initially from a perspective of my own union and the challenges that we face, but I, I really am encouraged and I want to look, listen and learn about what other people are saying about this. And I often look at what other unions, including Unite and others, what initiatives they're taking to see whether you know we could mirror some of that where we think there's some good initiatives. So. Let, let me start by saying, isn't it time that our movement had an open debate about what is the best model of trade unionism going forward? So my concern is this, is that we're moving towards a model by default of mergers of trade unions into bigger and bigger unions, um, frankly, mostly for financial reasons. We've got to acknowledge that. And I wonder whether that is the best model for workers in this country. I could be persuaded, I've got an open mind on this debate, but what I want most of all is that debate to take place in the open. Because I think that debate is crucial, along with analysing what the world of work is going to be in the future, I think it's absolutely crucial to how we're going to organise workers in the future. And rather than that debate taking place when a union's in trouble, um, I would prefer that we add that debate in the open and people put their views forward. And then out of that, if it's at all possible, we come up with a model that we, we think works because it is the model um, that deals with all of these things. Um, if I look at the, uh, the point that, um, I can't remember which gentleman made it, it might have been Peter at the front, about trade unions and the Labour Party. I, I come from a very strong view that we have to have a distinct identity for the trade union movement. I stood on a ticket in an election 
um, where I actually said that I was going to be a trade union leader, I didn't want to be a politician, and I wasn't going to be a liaison officer for the Labour Party. Now, having said that, I have got embroiled, like many of us, in the, uh, in the current leadership debate, because of course I'm going to make strong uh, our political views as a union, and I, we're entitled as an affiliate. I'm not talking about disaffiliation. I made that clear in, in when I stood. I just think that in that, you know, what I've seen in recent years over a long period of time is, you know, frankly, um, I think a lot of union leaders who secretly want to become politicians. Um, and maybe I'm a bit biased in that, in that our former General Secretary, Alan Johnson, um, <laughs> sort of did that, didn't he? Um, and, you know, I kind of wonder, what makes me worried about that for is, is that Alan, who's a hugely intelligent guy, um, great debater, um, you know, a very sort of important character in, in, the, in the movement over the last 20, 30 years, um, he was a, there was a moment where he was the minister for our industry. He was the Minister of Biz, the Secretary of State in a Labour government. And, you know, whatever happened in that, in that period, I can't think of anything that was done to help our industry that was struggling against privatisation fears, that was struggling against unfair competition and liberalisation. There was nothing done to protect our industry. So I worry about that I always think you've got to stand up on the ticket of you're a trade union leader, of course you're entitled to have a political view, and of course we should use that to make sure um, that Labour uh, is, is a fit party to stand up for working people. But let's keep the distinction there. Um, I see things that are happening, and I see them through our own union. So we've started a redesign project, but I'm really interested in other unions' views. Um, I get completely the point that Siobhan was making. Uh, I think there are legitimate concerns in the trade union movement if you're going to redesign the movement to ensure that our structures at all levels um, do reflect the ethnicity, the gender, the diversity of the workforce. And I think there is some evidence to suggest that in a lot of trade unions that isn't the case. Uh, and we have to do positive things to make sure that happens. However, I do also see, when I look at our own union, a lot of fragmented structures. So if I look at our regional structure, which has been in existence for some time, we'll have a regional committee for politics, we'll have a regional committee for youth, we'll have a regional committee for equality, we'll have a regional committee for health and safety, we'll have a regional... And what I don't see whilst I support the need to drive forward those agendas, what I don't see is where they connect back into the mainstream of the organisations and how we do that, how we unite everybody around common agendas, whilst also driving those important gen agendas forward. Um, so I've been doing a bit of thinking about how do we move away from fragmented structures towards more common purpose, common goal structures, both in our headquarters and out in our fields. And I see a lot of silos in trade unions. I see a lot of 
um, in our own union. If I'm observing it, you know, I, I see like people, this is my bit, and don't come, you know, even in our headquarters buildings, like this is my little bit of the union, this is my bit of the union. And I'm kind of challenging that thinking now and saying, actually, that's not what we're about as a trade union movement. So I want to break that down. I want to find new structures that join people and ideas and activism together. Um, but whilst also still allowing those agendas for women uh, to bring more black representatives into our trade union movement, I want to see that happen, um, but I want to see it happen in a way that we bring it into the mainstream of the organisation. Um, if, I, if I look at this issue of workplace trade unionism, I have to recognise that in some unions now, there isn't a workplace. The point Siobhan was making, uh, Alistair made, uh, there is a growth in individual workers. There is a growth and digital platforms are going to make that even more apparent. So we've got to come up with solutions that bring collectivism in some shape or form to that world. And that isn't going to be easy. I haven't got all the answers, but I think it's one of the things we need to put up there and say, let's find and work hard to get a solution to how you bring workers together when they're not in a natural workplace. Where workers are in a natural workplace, the whole point of our redesign is twofold, really. One, it's to make sure that as a union we can live within our means. I know that's a horrible thing to say, but basically, it's a membership organisation, it's not a headquarters organisation. So I'm being forced to tackle things like our employees' pensions. And unfortunately, that's a hard debate. We're going to do it fairly. We're going to make sure that our employees, including myself, um, end up with a decent pension. But it can't be the priority of why we exist. We exist for the members we represent. So I've set a target that if I was to do a pie chart of how much money, income our union has, bearing in mind it's a declining membership, um, still a big union but a declining membership, at the end of redesign, one of the success factors must be that more of that money has gone to local people. That for me is critical. And I, I want, I, I'm obsessed by this, this thing about bringing through a generation of reps who are able, through our support, to have the confidence to challenge a lot more at local level. And, and I think that you have to kind of look at what some of the problems are. So there's lots of technology that's used in work today that takes away some of the bargaining that perhaps used to go on because, you know, the computer says you can do it this way. Well, we're going to have to find solutions to assert the rights of people over technology when it comes to what constitutes a fair day's work for a fair day's pay. Um, so I'm a big believer in that workplace trade unionism because I come back to that point. It's what I learned. It's how I learned it. Um, and it's where I felt, frankly, at my strongest when um, we was in that situation. Uh, of being a local rep, I felt people say this to me, I once said it and people said to me, you can't be serious about that. No, I am serious. I felt at my strongest as a trade union rep when I was the rep for that delivery office. We had a committee of 10 people, the office was about 100 people um, and frankly, if we went like that, management knew that we meant business. And it's that feeling that we have to 
reinvigorate in workers today to give them that confidence. And I think people like me and others in this room and across the movement have a responsibility to, to do that. We're trying some new things. Um, we look at things slightly differently now. So, for example, only a few ideas just to give that feeling of we've got to be prepared to confront some of these issues, got to be uh, prepared to try some new ideas. We had our conference this year uh, in Bournemouth, and you know we thought about we, we have this big venue in Bournemouth every year or wherever we go, Blackpool or wherever, and we have an, we hire out this massive hall. And we use it between the hours of conference at 9 till 5.30 or whatever it is. Um, then we all go our separate ways and we go our, our functions. And we said, what we're going to do this year is we're going to have a night where we're going to come back to the conference venue. We invited some comedians. It was uh, the JC for PM tour. Um, so there was a political angle to it, obviously and musicians and political speeches. Um, but what we did that was different, we opened it up to the public. And we used social media to say, we're in Bournemouth. If you want to come down and see what a trade union does, we'll come down to Bournemouth. Anyone can come. And we got 4,000 people turning up, of which probably about eight or 900 were our delegates. Um, but we got that many people in a town that, let's be honest, is a sea of blue, but we turned it that night into a sea of red. And we did an event in Manchester on the back of the Tory party conference, organising with the People's Assembly, which is a good organisation. Um, and we, we managed to get, again, uh, we got some very high profile speakers, but rather than have like a trade union meeting, we went into the cathedral, we hired the cathedral out, and we set up a stage inside the cathedral and outside on the week of the Tory party conference. We got 10,000 people to turn up to that event. They didn't all come along to hear me speak. Um, they came along, obviously, at the time we rode on the back of the Jeremy Corbyn uh, incredible kind of momentum that he was building amongst people. Um, but we thought about the speakers as well. We did a couple of different things. We didn't get the, su the usual suspect speakers of trade union leaders come out. We actually had a young girl speaking who was 17 years old, and we gave her a platform to talk about her views on the world of work that she was just getting into, her views on politics, and she was excellent. We got the guy who's a bit out there, don't know if you've seen him, uh, Mark, the, the artist, taxi cab guy um, and it was a bit of a challenge given some of Mark's uh, language in the cathedral he was speaking inside you imagine some of the things he said but you know to me it's about bringing that wider movement of people and giving platforms to those people and it worked for us we've tried a couple of things recently um, I actually did it in my own uh, election campaign where we use social media to the point where we said on Wednesday at six o'clock in the evening, um, we're online. Anyone can come and ask us any question you want. And we fronted up a Q&A live. Uh, we've taken that forward now to where we do it um, on FaceTime. Uh, and we have, you know, they can see us. So they see that we're, it is us. And they can ask us any question. We've got a guy who hosts it. He 
puts that our head of communications he puts that through to us and you know away we go now again we're getting good it's interesting because if i turn up for a meeting on a sunday morning um wherever it may be you know i'm likely to be speaking about 30 people but the reality was that day we did that the last one we had i think it was about eight thousand people online um many of whom we were able to track were our members so we confronted their issues we knew what their big topics were and we didn't we didn't sidetrack their big topics we, we fronted them up head on and we encouraged further debate and my message to them was was get out there and organize you got a problem go and sit in the canteen you know don't don't sort of wait for us at national level to deal with it it's that type of feeling that i'm getting a lot that i feel we need to do it brings me to the point about what next for the for the trade union movement so I, I, I'm encouraged by this type of debate, but I want it to take shape in a much bigger way where somehow, we were talking to Alistair about this earlier on, within all of our busy schedules, we find the time to really talk about redesigning our movement. What's the best model for workers, the workforce that's going to be there? Let's make some new demands. Um, and I think the route to that is for the trade union movement to come together and make this challenge of overcoming insecure employment in this country as our number one industrial issue and I have to say our number one political issue. I want to see a Labour government that comes to the table, know there's lots of problems, I want to see a Labour party first that's led by people. I'm not interested in this debate about, you know, the obvious debate about you've got to have power before you can do policy. Of course you have. But I've got to say, some of these people in recent years, in my view, have moved away from the values that, that, that I thought were about the Labour Party. So I see Jeremy Corbyn as a catalyst for changing the Labour Party. I'm supporting him. Um, I don't think he's the answer to everything, and I don't think we should just sit back and wait. But I do think it's important that we create that feeling of people want something different. We tap into the Brexit stuff, we channel that away from where some of that disillusionment was, and we build it into um, a real movement, as people are trying to do. And I want to see us put that issue of challenging the world of work at the top of the agenda. How do you do that? Is it impossible for trade unions not to have a common collective bargaining agenda? You can have your specific issues. Each union will have to deal with its specific issues. We've got a dispute just about to take off in the post office uh, in the next week. And obviously the junior doctors stuff's out there at the moment, which we've got to get behind and find uh, a way of assisting them. I think that's essential given the position that they're in. But within that, can we not all pick two or three issues that are the same and can we not all go away with some detailed backup from the TUC, from our own union research departments and get in that workforce and start to turn that around and take that as far as you can within every organisation. I've also said, and we'll be saying at the TUC next week, that I, in this role, you get invited to speak at lot, lot, on lots of platforms. And frankly, you could fill every weekend up with speaking on a platform here or there. But as much as I like some of the organisations that invite us, and much as I admire the way that they go about things, some of the direct action that they are willing to take, 
Uh, I'm actually going to say at the TUC next week, I want to be invited on a platform by the trade union movement. I want the trade union movement to lead those debates. And I think it's essential that we start to think about how we, as the trade union movement, with that distinct identity, start to lead this debate. And I am convinced on this point that when I look at all the political problems, all the injustice, social injustice that's going on uh, in this country today, I, I personally am convinced that the route to fundamental change in politics is to tackle this issue of insecure employment. And I want to see the trade union movement lead that. So there's some faults. Um, I haven't got all the answers, John. This is a huge subject. I'm optimistic about the future. I really am. I really do believe. I can sense and feel that if we keep our nerve, if we keep building, if we're prepared to try different and new things, but most of all, if we're prepared to share our experiences, and by the way, listen to some of the experiences of people who have been in our movement um, and, and have had you know, a lot of wisdom over, over a lot of time. Um, I think we can do it, and I think we can reassert trade union values, and I think we can change the balance of forces in society. Thank you. Thank you very much.